Welcome, everybody, to Dead Talk Live. I am your host, Viz, and our very special guest today is Nick Groff, veteran paranormal investigator whose credits include Ghost Adventures, Paranormal Lockdown, and can now be seen on his new show called Death Walker, available for, for streaming on Film Rise. And all three seasons worth. You're not just going to get an episode here and there. So, Nick, thank you so much for being our guest. I love the t-shirt, by the way. I'm a big Warriors <laughs> thank fan. You. Huge Appreciate Warriors it. fan. How are you doing today, Nick? I'm doing great. Everything's going good. Yeah, I'm just excited to um, to finally be able to, for everyone to experience Death Walker. And now everyone can see it on Film Rise. And it's just an exciting time in America to finally be able to release it. Exactly. Congratulations on the new show. Uh, I've been watching you for well over a decade, following your career with the start on Ghost Adventures and then into Paranormal Lockdown. You've produced a lot of stuff. Uh, In the beginning, with season one of Death Walker, you give us a story on what intrigued you into the paranormal, about you watching a specific show where you saw somebody get attacked you mind sharing that story with our audience so they can hear it as well? Yeah, on a show called Sightings, I saw the Sally House episode, and it was, I think, close to October, probably around 2004, I think it was. And that really intrigued me further into understanding how can something from beyond actually physically harm the living. And I really wanted to know, I wanted to see it, experience it. And um, ever since then, I just kind of set on a quest to look for the, the paranormal and see if I can document it. Um, when I was a kid, about eight years old, I had a near-death experience. And that kind of put me on my path to looking for the supernatural. And uh, as I grew up, I was interested in UFOs, extraterrestrials. And over time, I just started documenting my own footage. And that kind of turned into a documentary. And then from there, the rest is history. I just started creating and going to more uh, paranormal locations to investigate and turn into ongoing series. And look, 18 years later, I mean, (laughs) it's it's amazing how life works out. Now, season one starts out with, uh, well, in all three seasons, you and your cousin, your cousin, Justin, Uh, just the two of you. uh, Did you two start this on your own? Let's say, You know, let's go to a couple of houses, locations, let's film it, and then just see where it goes. Or did you guys have a more detailed plan in mind? No, that was kind of what it was. We wanted to put a couple of theories that we had uh, to test and compare two locations to see if they can kind of have the two uh, theories in a narrative sense, uh, kind of validate some of the evidence that we were collecting. So that was kind of the first pilot, I would call it, first Mm -hmm. five episodes. And then over time, we wanted to see a little bit uh, deeper and more hard-hitting, which was like season two is what we're calling it, uh, the Sally House episode, where I was finally able, after all these years, to go back and investigate (laughs) it. Um, So I was very excited. I slept there. I stayed there for a couple of days. And um, I've never experienced something like I did at that location, uh, actually having physical scratches show up on my body as we're actually filming it at the same time. So... That was, that was very amazing. Um, so we kind of take this narrative approach where it's an overarching throughout the whole series. So in season two, it's something, can something physically harm the living? And mm-hmm. that's kind of what we go after over the course of um, 15 episodes. Um, and then in season three, we go after, can something overtake your mind, body, and spirit? 
Um, so it's, it's this really interesting overarching, uh, story. And then over the course of 20 apps in each season. Now going to that original theory that you just mentioned that you mentioned in season one, where the paranormal can very well be, uh, not only another dimension, but us past, present, future, all combining, uh, overlapping. And we're just hearing echoes. And I've thought about that as a possibility even before you mentioned it. And the the truth of the matter is we don't know, okay? Uh, you, you and other paranormal investigators get intelligent responses. Is that theory still open for you that it could be a time dimension thing where we are hearing echoes either from the past or the future, maybe of ourselves? I think so. I think uh, we always have to keep evolving our minds. We can't be stuck in one scenario where we have to say, oh, that's what it is, X, Y, and Z. I think that's the problem when science can't prove that it's something by just dissecting it and saying right in front of you, this is what it is. It becomes unexplainable. So I think we have to theorize in order to understand, you know, what are these possibilities or what else is out there that we're missing? So yes, I still think about it. I still think that uh, there are time slips. I think that sometimes with who we're communicating with on the other side could actually be living still yep. in their time. And then here we are in our reality. And that's kind of meshing two times together because the notion of the notion of time doesn't necessarily exist because we create that as human beings exactly. as we get older. <laughs> so we have to kind of put a time to sense with work, with scheduling, with school kids, you know, stuff like that in our everyday lives. But ultimately, I think. You know, it's very fascinating to think about the concept of time slips, how we could be interacting with people from the past, present, and us in the future, or whatever you want to declare, or whoever's in the future, or alternate worlds, or, you know, timelines and stuff like that. My theory is, and I've never had any personal experiences, I've just been watching you guys on TV for a really long time, that it's not just one single thing. I think it's a combination of things that are happening. Now, each investigator has their favorite go-to uh, tool, device to use. You use the, the Geoport, uh, not only in Deathwalker a lot, but a lot also in Paranormal Lockdown. Uh, why, what is, first of all, explain to our audience what the Geoport does and why is it your choice of device to use in investigations? Yeah, so I was using that uh, a couple of years ago. I started using the Geoport a lot. Actually, on Paranormal Lockdown, I had a custom built. That specific device was made uh, solely for me just based on some ideas with EMF, uh, electricity, and uh, vibrational waves. So um, I had it developed. They made it. And uh, it was really fascinating. What I learned is, because I'm a very logical thinker, so I was like, okay, what's going on here with some of the intelligent responses? But I started to realize that there's a medium, in a sense, attached to this device on the other side that's communicating with other spirits through that device. And I really believe it's some sort of entity that's still attached to the device. Um, and that's why I started using it a lot, because I was getting these really highly intelligent responses to my questions at, at very haunted locations. And I was even digging into some of the history that we didn't even know that was um, giving us answers that I would pass on to historians that didn't even understand how I was able to pull that information, which, you know, was really fascinating to me, too. So 
that's why I started using it a lot. Um, I started staring away from that a little bit in the previous seasons of Deathwalker mm-hmm. because I wanted to try new experiments, new devices. I'm working with um, more people involved in ITC, instrumental transcommunication, mm-hmm. uh, real spiritual communication, moving away from apps, moving away from like uh, Bluetooth type type devices so we can look at vibrations, frequencies. Um, and I'm using new gear now and new equipment that's solely being built for Deathwalker. Yeah. So I'm working with some really great engineers and people of like minds that are enthusiasts of the paranormal. Um, and I, I just want to test new things. Absolutely. I want to evolve. And that's know? exciting stuff. Do you believe deep down inside that eventually our technology will reach a point that we are going to get a definitive answer on, on what this is? I personally don't think so. And the reason I do right now, or maybe the next hundred years possibly, is because I think there is no right answer in a sense. I think that's for us to figure out because you said it perfectly earlier, John. You said that there's multiple things that happens. And I think that's the problem. We're looking for one thing that happens. But ultimately, I think there's several different things that happen. And I think it's a transitional thing for our period of our life. So... You know, I could 10 years ago, I had a different perspective on life, death, the journey, where I was in life, my perception on things. Everything changes as you evolve as a human being, depending on how what path you choose, your choices you make, what ripple effects your own universe you live in, you know, the world we live in in general and, and everything else in the atmosphere and environment and stuff that circles around this kind of vast Uh, universe and I just think that um, things are constantly changing technology is constantly changing Um, there's there's too big of a a divided in humanity right now to Mm -hmm. all come together and say oh let's think as one thing happens yeah so I think that's the biggest problem is there's multiple things that happen when you pass away um, not just one thing and I mean, it would be amazing. It would make it very fascinating. But I think also it could cause some sort of ripple effect with human beings. Meaning like, you know, you had this kind of hierarchy hierarchy happening here. You know, this this pyramid effect. Yeah. <laughs> it could cause chaos. Exactly. You know, all I don't of, think all right... of a sudden, like, this is what happens. Everyone's yeah. like, well, forget this religion. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think right now we're ready as a species to no. really understand that. Now... You you know, not only in Death Walker, but always they, the term energy is used. And in, in Death Walker, you use it a lot in saying how the energy has shifted. Uh, for those of us that have not experienced the paranormal, uh, the best comparison I can use is you're in a room full of people and somebody walks in who's had a really crappy day. And they sort of let out this negative vibe into the room and you kind of pick up on it is that what it feels like when you're in a location and you say the energy has shifted has become negative how does that exactly feel yeah you you worded it perfectly it's like um if you and i were just hanging out john we have great energy you have good positive energy and then all of a sudden someone walks in the room and just like oh we both are like that person just feels off it's the same energy when you're in a haunted location and you're investigating and then you feel that like empathic like negative presence just move through your body or you just feel there's something that's not right it kind of it's the same scenario um you just got to look at it as good people pass away bad people pass away it depends how their intent was in this world when they were living and do they still continue 
to put out that and resonate that energy is it's still that nasty kind of energy that was lingering with them when they passed away. Yeah. And I've experienced a lot of that. And it's just, that's one thing that just bothers me sometimes is at these locations, you'll feel this like spine tingling, like just kind of claw or hand, like latch onto your spine. And you just feel like, oh man, it kind of treats you as a puppet or it's mm -hmm. trying to like use you to be more negative. And you feel that you feel yeah. it in your brain, your, your soul, you feel just this negative presence. And to me, that just feels, it feels dirty, you know, and you just yeah. want to get away from it. Um, that's why sometimes at locations when I'm investigating, I'll put my back against the wall, you know, so they can't try to attach like that. Um, it must be so it just has a weird scary. Feeling. Now, it is. part of your job as a paranormal investigator, I, I, I would assume it's really high on the list, is to determine if something is residual or intelligent, okay? Mm -hmm. Is it just uh, residual meaning just the emotions that have happened at a location over the years playing over like a record again or is it something a being there that is intelligently communicating with you so when you're asking a question and you get a response back and you're trying to validate that response by re-asking the question if we play devil's advocate here for a second and let's yeah. put our position our place into the spirits uh position is it like well i just answered them I'm not going to answer it again. I mean, that's sort of a, you're caught between a rock and a hard place on that one. How do you approach that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just one of those situations that if I'm going into document, um, whatever paranormal encounters are being claimed from, you know, eyewitnesses to managers and so on, but also I'm going in to try to experience it and document because I'm looking for paranormal phenomena. So I think sometimes when I'm redundant, I'm looking for those questions or those answers. And if I don't get it, it's kind of like, okay, maybe they didn't hear me or maybe I wasn't, it's the right place at the right time, you know, paranormal. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll, I'll be redundant and I'll say that, but yeah, I could see it being irritating at times. I, I have had where like spirits are like, shut up. I heard you the first time. So I'm like, all right, my bad. So I totally understand that perspective. I try to be respectful to that manner too, just to remember that, you know, I'm not just this guy running around, you know, these decrepit locations. There were people that lived here and died here yeah. and possibly they still can hear me. And I just have to still remember that, you know, they were once people too. And, you know, you just kind of have to treat them the same way. So it's hard to define like residual sometimes. Um, but you kind of pick up on it. You kind of pick up on the residual energy of something that, like you were saying, that's just like a, a record looping. It's just this continuation of this location releasing, you know, a door shutting, uh, knocks, yeah. uh, phantom footsteps uh, is a big residual energy that I always see happening or hearing. And then um, the voices. But I think the voices are so random and so like, you know, out in left field that mm -hmm. it has no relevance of like your questions. So I kind of look, it's like fishing. I'm looking for that intelligent response. Once I get the intelligent response, I'm like, oh, there you are. Do you exactly. want to talk to me? And then they start communicating. Now, when people start to watch uh, Death Walker, they're going to see a progression from season one. Season two, the team starts getting uh, bigger. You bring in uh, Tessa Del Zappo, uh, a medium. A medium. And then uh, it, it evolves even more into season three. How did that evolution happen from season one to season three? Yeah, I just want to evolve where, you know, the first five episodes were like pilots in the sense where I was mm -hmm. looking for different theories. Second season, we went into, um, you know, can something physical harm the living? And then as we progress, 
we just started evolving the new technology, uh, bringing in different people like Bloody Mary, uh, Voodoo yeah. Priestess down in New Orleans, or, um, you know, now my wife, Tessa, um, which is a medium and bringing her in with her abilities to tap into more insights that we don't fully have all the understanding of the research. Wait, Tessa's your wife? Yeah, she's my wife. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yep. All yep. right. We were okay. we were engaged when I first started the Death Walker, um, right in there, and then we got okay. married. And All right. Yeah, the progression. Okay. Uh, so, Myrtle's Plantation. Um, uh, I got engaged her after Myrtle's Plantation, so that's why when you see her in it, we weren't engaged <laughs> yet. So it's really funny. And then um, uh, I'm trying to think of the new. You'll, you'll see a ton of locations in season three, mm-hmm. um, like the Tesla, Nikola Tesla's yeah. building there, Adams Power Plant building in Niagara Falls, New York. I bring her in. I bring Austin in. Um, uh, I bring Steve in, both engineers and stuff like that, and like my enthusiasts in the paranormal. We're trying new new technology, uh, new audio devices, um, and just stuff like that, trying to test, you know, what are we missing, mm-hmm. uh, looking at ITC, um, you know, real, real paranormal investigating and trying to um, just think outside the box to see if we can um, not miss anything. So we try to look at all aspects of stuff from mediumship to paranormal to equipment to experiences. What's really interesting about Deathwalker is that when you're getting responses through the Geoport, uh, you guys actually subtitled the responses even though you may not have heard them in real time, but we see the responses uh, in real time and we know it's very difficult for you to hear it happening in real yeah. time. What are your thoughts when you go back and you review the footage and you actually hear that you did get a response to a question that you asked, but it was just not very audible at the time? Is there a frustration that you feel I'm like, damn, I missed an opportunity there hmm. to expand on that question? Yeah, sometimes. I mean, um, when you're there in person, you're hearing it happen uh, and you're having this experience. I do miss a lot when I'm listening to it because it is happening live. Mm -hmm. But when I review it, I can like slow it down or I can play it over and over again. And then that's where I'm picking up on it. I'm like, wow, that's what it said. And then it makes sense to me what was happening in that moment. So it's really, it's crucial to review all the evidence. That's why I do it myself and Justin. I'll have him watch it too. And because I want to see what he he hears compared to what I hear. Because if it's too hard, if we're both debating on what we're hearing, then we just kind of like, all right, then nobody's going to hear it. It's inaudible, so kinda, yeah. Yeah, it's inaudible. So we just cross it out. Um, and it also just goes to possibly what the story is. What are we documenting? And um, maybe it doesn't make any sense, but it, maybe it might. Um, so it just has to be really clear. I think clear enough where everybody can kind of hear it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know sometimes it's hard to hear coming through like different TVs and stuff, but um, we try to keep all the best evidence yeah. in there that will be the best presented, you know, as far as like um, paranormal goes. Now, people are going to notice when they watch this, you really open yourself up and give permission to these entities to physically harm you by scratching you. Is there any part, of, I mean, uh, watching this you know that's like rule number one don't do that protect yourself so you're putting yourself out there uh for the purpose of gaining evidence is there any part of you that's worried something may follow me i have a family i have kids i have a wife what goes through your mind when you're opening yourself up like that yeah i mean 
I know what I'm going into when I'm walking. I'm calling upon it. Um, that's what I'm looking for. I try to do it in, you know, the most respectful manner. I'm not running around like crazy. But I think ultimately you have to have a well-balanced life before you go into any location like this. I mean, just the psychology behind it, it can mess with your head. It can yeah. kind of like get into your psyche and stuff and disrupt your life. So I try to balance it. I uh, try to stay healthy, work out, uh, release some of that negative energy that's lingering. Um, I, do, I work really hard and not bring it at home. Um, but you just have to invisibly like close that door when you walk away from mm -hmm. locations and just really stay true to yourself and be a good, decent human being and don't let it disrupt your everyday life. You know, exactly. I think ignoring negative is better sometimes than feeding into it. I think when you start feeding into it and you know, it's there, then that just grows on you and that just becomes something, you know, it's all Absolutely. about intent. I totally so agree with you. That's how I that's how I kind of maneuver through my life. <laughs> it's yeah, the best no, way. It's different for everyone. Yeah. Now, we're out of time, but I do want to ask you one question. Another thing I learned about you watching this show is that you are a big horror movie buff. I okay? Am, yeah. So let's take modern day movies, paranormal movies in particular. I picked two very popular movies. Let's see which one you like better, Paranormal Activity or The Conjuring? The Conjuring. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for a bigger budget, it's yeah. scarier. But yeah. I also love Paranormal Activity. I tried to pick two that would be tough, but I, I'm with you. Definitely The Conjuring. Yeah, yeah. You know what's a good one, too, is Insidious. Oh, yeah. I think Insidious gets overlooked a lot. That, that's a great film. That is a great film. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Nick, I want to thank you so much. Guys, again, the show is called Death Walker. Uh, three seasons available now on Film Rise. Film Rise is available on your mobile device, Roku, Fire TV, Apple TV. Get it, watch it. All three seasons, which are like 45 episodes approximately, are oh, yes. available for yeah. you to watch. It's a great show. Check it out. It is hosted by Nick Groff, executively produced by Nick. Uh, his cousin Justin, cameraman, also right there with him the whole way. Thank you, Nick, so much. Uh, look forward to watching more shows. You have any final thoughts you want to share before we go? I appreciate all the support and all the love people. I can't believe how big it's blown up over the last couple yeah. of days. It's it's crazy how fast it's spread on the uh, on the internet. And you know, I really appreciate everybody supporting it. It's been a crazy journey, and we're still making them. More Death Walker episodes coming. I really believe that you are really popular. Because one of the reasons you are really popular is because you are authentic, sincere, and you just care about the evidence. You don't yeah, try to over-dramatize it. You don't try to under-dramatize it. This is what I have. Okay? And I think yeah. that's, that's what really attracts a lot of people. So good job on that. Keep up the good work. Thank you so much for being our guest. I want to thank our audience, those of you who are tuning in live. And those of you who will be watching this later on, on behalf of Nick and myself, stay safe and stay walking. Bye, everybody.